Standing on the banquette, Margaret Stewart consulted the slip of paper in her hand. The house across the street seemed to be the one. It was three stories in height, with the wrought iron railing and the grape and leaves design on the second-floor balcony and green batten blinds on the tall windows. The heavy gate standing open at the street entrance was also green and had an iron knocker in the shape of a hand holding a ball. Beyond, through the porte cochere, or tunnel-like entranceway, two Negro boys were sluicing down the flagstones of the inner courtyard with buckets of water, while a statuesque black woman, wearing a spotlessly clean blue chambray dress and a madras tillon, swept the dirty water toward the street. There were no house numbers, no street signs here in French town, the Vieux Carré of New Orleans. If Margaret was correct, this street, though it had an official name on the map of the town, was known only by the name of the owner of the house before her. The only way to be certain she had the right house was to ask, but she hesitated. Once she had made her presence known to the servants in the courtyard, there would be no turning back. Though she was protected from its rays by an overhanging balcony, the summer sun beat down into the narrow street. It intensified the smell of garbage and awful and alluvial mud coming from the open gutter that lay between the wooden banquette or sidewalk on which she stood and the muddy street. The smell of roasting coffee beans and baking bread mingled with the less pleasant odors on the hot, still air. A closed carriage, fitted with the black curtains of mourning, rattled past. She nodded, Good morning to two of the nuns clad in the black habits of their order as they stepped around her. Down the street, two young Creole bucks issuing from the shop of a tailor stopped and eyed her speculatively. They were obviously of the beau monde. They wore morning coats with cutaway fronts and velvet collars, extremely close-fitting pantaloons, shirts with high points that came nearly to the level of their eyes, and triple cravats that rose to their chins but their conception of their exalted station did not keep them from ogling an attractive young lady indiscreet enough to appear on the street without her duna or other attendant. A praline vendor, a free woman of color, in a white apron and intricately tied kerchief known as a tillon, carrying her tray on her head, passed Margaret and came up to the two men. One of them waved her away with a brushing gesture of long aristocratic fingers, and she went on down the street, crying her wares. Pralines! Pralines! Following her with her eyes, Margaret saw her stop a few yards down the street to chat with a laundress, balancing a woven basket filled with clothes on her head. The two were hailed by a third woman, sitting on a plank placed across the open gutter, a nursemaid, apparently, for she kept a wary eye on a small boy with a mass of dark curls above his pale face, playing with a toy horse and wagon on the banquette behind her. From the next street could be heard the cry of the blackberry woman, and farther away the bustle of the market. Though it was quieter in the street where Margaret stood, she knew she could not dawdle for long. Already one of the young bucks down the street was trying to attract her attention. Taking a deep breath, she left the banquette, being careful that a hasty step from the poorly anchored boards, actually the gunwale from a flatboat, did not send a geyser of muddy water spurting upward. She stepped cautiously across the rutted street, searching out the driest mud crust to support her weight. 
Safely reaching the other side, she hailed the maidservant in her best French accent from just inside the open gate. The woman paused and looked toward Margaret. Yes, mademoiselle.